This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I wanna love you. You should let me love you Tuesday to you and you and you. You guys, welcome to Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entwee. We are covering season seven, episode five of Happily Ever After Complicated. And let me tell you guys, it is complicated. This season, I mean, we're only on episode five and I already feel a whole lot of ways, a whole lot of ways about a whole lot of things. Uh, support the show. Bottom of your screen, you can see where you can support the show. Uh, what up, Sly Cat? Hey, Joslo. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, let's just jump into Jenny and Submit. So here's the thing, you guys, this is the first time that I'm actually thinking that age might be an issue. Uh, hey, Rebecca. Hey, girl. Hey, hey, Carol. Because it's the first morning of their honeymoon. They're talking about their future, talking about what's going to be next in their journey together as a married couple. And we know that, you know, they've only been married for a year now, but in watching this, it hasn't even been a year. He wants to go back to work, not just eat, sleep, and repeat. And Jenny wants to, you know, live her retired life. And she wants her 33-year-old husband to live that lifestyle with her. And he's like, mm, yeah, I got a lot of years ahead of me. I feel like I should probably be productive. Uh, you could stay up a little longer, Joslo. You'll be all right. So... <clears throat> They're trying to plan their honeymoon, right? And the honeymoon is all about, like, you know, honeymooning, being together, enjoying each other, doing things. He wants to go, like, zip lining and river rafting, cliff jumping. And she's like, nah, I just want to, like, wake up, walk to the beach, lay around. She's like, I'm 63. I want to make it till I'm 64. And I was like, wow, yeah, like, mm, I guess that 30-year difference says a lot. But then there are people that are in their 60s that that are spry, that do things. So I'm just trying to figure out where Jenny falls in the line of things. Cause it seems to me like she just wants to like chill for the rest of her life, just chill and, and do nothing and be okay with doing nothing. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, it's definitely the first time I'm feeling their age difference. Um, and, you know, so they, they settle on going zip lining and even, in settling on going ziplining, you guys, even like the way she moves and the way she walks. Have you guys noticed that it just looks older now? I don't know what's going on. I don't know if she's just because it's been like so long and a lot of us haven't been moving around <clears throat> um, during the pandemic. So I don't know if it's that, but like she just moves old too. 
And so they get to the zip line place and Jenny's freaked out. She really doesn't want to do it. She's asking a bunch of questions. She wants to know like, who's the oldest uh, person that's ever done this. Have they lost anyone doing zip lining? They're like, nah, the oldest person, 89, and we've never lost anyone. And Jenny's still not feeling it. And so what you're seeing from this is she's not really, hey, midwife, Crystal, hey, Vanessa. Um, she's not really an adventurous person. She, I think she's one of those people that, you know, she has a routine, she likes a routine, and that's it. Nothing over the top nothing too much. And you see it really too in how she interacts with, with uh, Samit and with his family, right? She's just kind of like, doesn't really want to even cook, doesn't really want to clean, just wants to wake up, chill, chill some more, maybe chill some more. Don't learn the language. Don't go meet new friends. Just, I want to sit around, hang out with Samit all day long. I, I mean, that's the vibe she's giving, getting me but i mean i could be wrong but that's the vibe i'm getting so <clears throat> she's up first for zip lining she doesn't want to go she's too scared uh every time the aides like are you ready to go she says no are you ready to go no are you ready to go no and she doesn't want to do it he's like just relax just relax just take a deep breath relax no no i don't want to go i don't want to go no so she freaks out and she decides that she's going to let Samit go first. And so they switch out. Samit's ready to go. He zip lines. Yeah, he was scared, but you know, he's 33. So he still has a little bit of adventure in him. He goes zipping down the way, thinks it was awesome and had a great time. So Jenny's up. And again, we're going through this. Are you ready? Are you ready? She's not ready. Finally, she does it. She screams the entire way through. And at the end, though, she's proud of herself for making it through it uh, and does say it was amazing. So maybe she just needs to be shoved a little bit. You know, some people aren't like the leaders, they're the followers. And maybe she's just that. Maybe she needs to follow to see that everything will be OK. I don't know. I just know that this whole scene, this whole scenario, their whole segment was just like oh jenny you're really showing your age and i don't know if it's like a boomer thing hey better days hey linda i don't know i don't know what it is i don't know what it is and i'm not saying it's all people in their 60s i'm talking about jenny specifically and jenny specifically something's going on with her and i haven't figured it out quite yet so <clears throat> uh they do that and now Samit is like talking about jumping out of airplanes and doing all this stuff. And yeah, he's probably going a bit over the top, right? He's like saying the most for someone who knows that his wife is a bit of a prude, but you know, he's trying to open her minds and expand her horizons. And I mean, I don't think there should be anything wrong with that. So then you guys, this is the part that I just, we're going to talk some grown folk stuff right here. So He's like, you know, I know I'm the more adventurous one, but I also now, too, want to explore some yoga tricks in Kama Sutra, right? And he wants more adventure in their sex life, in their married life, and he wants to bring adventure to the bedroom. And part of doing that um, <clears throat> is exploring Kama Sutra. Now, 
Jenny's not for it. Jenny's not for it. She freaks out and she get first of all, she gets really prudish. Second of all, she turns red like she's embarrassed. Jenny, you're 63 years old. You should be able to talk about sex. You should you should obviously know your body by now and, and talk about sex and be be okay with talking about sex, honestly. So <clears throat> Jenny says she doesn't need to be taught anything new. At this age, she feels she knows everything. And she said that she's already seen the book. She didn't say she read the book. She saw she's seen the book. And she knows that it's all about different sex positions. And she's like, nah, I'm not into it. I don't want to do it. I don't want anyone to teach me anything new. And um, I just want to make love and go to sleep. Now, I'm sorry. I don't care how old you are. First of all, there's no way that you know everything about anything about everything about sex. There's just no way. There's just no way. I don't believe it. I feel like she came across prudish. I feel like for her to say, like, I don't need to learn anything and I don't want to learn anything shows me that you're closed minded because you should always be striving to learn something new. And especially if your partner is saying to you, hey, listen, sex is great and I love you and I want to be with you, but I would like to explore some other things. And what is that going to say? It's going to go back to what I always say to you guys. You have to have those conversations before you get in a serious relationship. How do you look at sex? How important is sex to you? What are the things, how often do you want to have sex in the relationship? And what are the things that are important to you? Is it important to you to just be like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, boom, let's roll over and then go to sleep? Or do you want to, which is what I'm thinking that Summit was trying to say, is he wants to have more of a connection. He wants their sexual life to be more, not only like spiritual, but a connected bond. And he's willing to explore that. Now, why would you say no to that? Like, I just, and you're on your honeymoon? Isn't your honeymoon supposed to be all about sex? Not about just, hey, let's have, let's wake up, let's have breakfast, let's just chill out. Maybe we'll lie by the beach, then we'll have lunch, and then maybe we'll have some coffee, we'll sit down, have a little bit of a nap, uh, then we'll have dinner, and then we'll have sex, and then I'll just roll over and go to sleep, and then repeat next day. <sighs> yes, Linda says, I'm older than she is, and I'm learning something all the time. Hey, Radella. And Jasla said she could have at least asked what the classes involved. Oh, that's so cool. Jasla started a macrame business this summer. See, yeah, you learn something new. You're just constantly evolving. You're constantly learning. I don't see how you can say you're 63 and you know everything about everything. And honestly, I don't believe it. I feel like she, I don't know. I feel like she just wants to be lazy. And like, I feel like that's how you become stagnant in life. If you just want to just be like, oh, I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit around and just like uh, sleep all day. Like you got a whole life ahead of you, Jenny. You're literally only 63. So if you want to, you know, be 83 and do some things, then do some things. Facts, Linda. She acts like she's 90. It's ridiculous. So I wasn't impressed by that. <clears throat> and so Samir's trying to explain to her, listen, it's about connecting with each other on different levels and in different ways. It's not just about different sexual positions. It's about you and I being in a married 
committed relationship and connecting on all levels. And if she can't see that, then I don't know how to help her. I don't know what to even say about it. And then she says that she doesn't want to be taught in her private life. Well, no, Jenny, you don't want to be taught anything about anything. You don't want anything new. You don't want anyone to tell you anything. And I just feel like that's like the worst mentality to have, to be like, I don't want anyone to show me anything. I don't want anyone to tell me anything. I know everything about anything. And it's impossible. That's impossible for you to think that you know everything about everything. It's just impossible. But that's what she wants. She doesn't want to be taught in her private life. Um, and then he's like, well, maybe this is something I need. And so he's really telling her, you guys, when someone says that to you, um, <clears throat> he's saying, listen, things are great, but I need more. And you guys, this is the beginning of communication. So your partner comes to you and fulfilled or not fulfilled, he's saying, or she's saying, whoever your partner is, your partner is saying that, listen, this is great, but I need more. This is the beginning of communication. If you don't listen and be open to your partner, you're like, no, we're great. I know everything. Don't need to learn anything new. No, no, no. Then that's going to be the beginning of the fall of your relationship. Because guess what? If they're not fulfilled, they're going to go elsewhere and they're going to find out how they can fulfill whatever it is they're missing. So if you miss the boat when your partner comes to you and says, hey, listen, this is what is not fulfilling me. And I want to be fulfilled with you. Can we do this together? And you're closed-minded and don't want to be open to learning something new and exploring that with your partner, then that's going to be a loss on your end. And it may not, you may not lose it today. You may not lose it tomorrow, but guaranteed there's, that's the beginning of the crack and the crack is going to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. So, yes, Laura says, come on, Jenny, everyone can improve and learn that part. So, one of the things that I think that they're doing well this season is they're showing us a little bit more of India and, and Samit's culture. And I think that that's important because one of the things I always say that uh, TLC misses the boat on is showing the countries that they're filming in. A lot of people don't have the opportunity to travel. And so they're seeing the country through the eyes of the people that are actually in the country. And so what they are doing this season better, in my opinion, is they're showing us just a little bit more. Um, and so they go to this Ganges religious blessing ceremony. And it's about just releasing the old and bringing in the new and bringing in new blessings on your life as you move forward. And so for their new married life, they're blessing their new married life and their new journey together. So like there's like a fire ritual. There's hundreds and hundreds of people there. And um, it was actually really interesting to watch. And then there's this flower boat situation. Okay, so it's a flower boat. And basically, it's a boat, you light a candle, you're supposed to float it down the river, and it's supposed to wash away any negativity and any bad stuff in your life is going to wash away and you start anew. So Jenny makes Samit buy one of these flower boats. And, you know, I mean, I don't know how many symbols, omens, all the things that need to happen to Jenny and Samit, but... 
they light the candle, they put the boat in the flower boat in the river, and it gets caught in not just it doesn't go out, it gets caught in the chains that are on the side of the river. The candle goes out, it was a hot mess, and I was like, Oh Lord. Oh Lord. If that is not a metaphor for their entire relationship, I don't know what is. Between the catfishing and Samit's lies and Samit's parents hating Jenny and Samit marrying Jenny, or excuse me, marrying someone else behind Jenny's back. Between Samit not wanting to really get divorced to him finally getting divorced and then not wanting to marry Jenny and then finally Jenny coming to live with him. But then they have to hide where they live. And then the parents come over and scream in Jenny's face and call her names and the body shaming. I'm just like, if this is not the omen of omens for what's more to come, I don't know what is. Like when that little flower boat crashed into the chains, I was like, it's done. It's, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Better Day says that, hey, Stevie, that sounds like a bad omen. Facts. And Joslo says that was the symbol of their life. Oh, Lord. That part, Joslo, that part. It was a mess, you guys. And I, it's terrible of me to laugh, but not surprising, given their whole longevity of the 10 years of the relationship, right? So Jenny and Smith sit down, and she just throws out, out of the blue, that now that they're married, she wants to apply for the spousal visa and perhaps they move to America so that he can experience her culture and her, and being an American, living in America. And you know, Samit was like, hell to the nah, to the nah, nah, nah. He is not about to leave his family. He's not about to leave his parents. He is even saying, yeah, mm, okay, well, that's something we can think about. He's not really thinking about it. Because guess what? Just like Jenny said, she feels like he's never going to, She's never going to be first or his first priority. He's always going to choose his parents. And I was like, why are you surprised by that, Jenny? The whole 10 years, he's always picked his parents over you. Always. He's always picked his parents and his family over you. Why are you surprised that he, he's not going to try to leave them? Like, why? craziness like I don't I don't know what Angela's vibe is like she doesn't want him to work but then she doesn't want to explore right so it's not like she's like hey don't work we can just like travel around and you know explore the country learn new things she doesn't want to learn new things she doesn't want him to work she doesn't really want to now live in India she wants to go back to America which is brand new like what's her whole stilo I don't get it I don't get it Laura says, I want to know what they do all day. Laura, I explained to you what they do all day. They wake up, they have breakfast, and their breakfast is usually like a fruit platter and some coffee. Then they sit down, they have like a mid-morning tea, and then they sit down again. And then... um you know, they go to their patio and hang out a little bit. And then 
it's probably time for lunch. So they make a little bit of lunch. They might walk down, you know, to the market and go to the internet cafe and make a couple of calls back home. And Sumit will, you know, call his family. And then they'll go back to the house. And then by now it's time for dinner. So they'll have some dinner. Um, Crystal says they do yoga sometimes, right? They might do a little bit of yoga. And then maybe they'll have sex that day. Jenny will roll over and go to sleep. And then they wake up. And just like Sumit said, he's sick of eat, sleep, repeat. That's what they do all day, Laura. Eat, sleep, repeat. That part. Laura says, Jenny doesn't even keep the home clean or learn Hindi. I just, Laura, where you been? I already said that. She don't cook. She don't clean. She doesn't learn the language. She wants to just chill and do nothing, which is just fascinating to me. Fascinating. All right. Uh, moving on to Angela. If you're new to my show, my disclaimer is, I think Angela is terrible. And so how I recap her segment is going to be with that lens. So I that's how it is. I don't feel bad about it. It's my opinion. I think she's terrible. She's a terrible, terrible, terrible individual. And so that's, that's how I'm going to talk about it. So there might be a few F-bombs here and there. Who knows? Let's see what happens. So she's packing to go for Nigeria. Um, and she says that she hasn't packed because she's so stressed out for what Michael has been putting her through. And so she can't focus. Now, you know what, you guys, I'm so fucking sick of her saying what Michael has been putting her through, what Michael has been putting her through. Please tell me in your big girl words, what the fuck Michael has been doing? What exactly has he put you through? Because you can't just say, oh, Michael is treating me terribly. Michael is putting me through this. I'm so stressed out because of Michael. But what exactly is it that he's done? What exactly is it that he's done? Is it because, oh my God, he has an Instagram account? Bitch, how old are you? Suck up your insecurities and not blame Michael because you're insecure about who you are and you're worried that some other woman is going to snatch him up. If you weren't so terrible and verbally abusive, you probably wouldn't have anything to worry about. But what you're not about to do is blame Michael for your own insecurities, period. Okay? Then. So she's not packed because it's Michael Michael's fault. And I'm looking around, you guys, and I'm sorry. I don't know what it is about some of these women on the show, but I'm looking around her apartment and it's a shit show. There is shit everywhere. So you can't pack and you can't clean up. And you guys, you have like a gaggle of babies. You got a pedophile living up in there. You all can't clean either? Okay. Okay. So her friend Renee comes over. And if you guys are part of my um, Patreon news and gossip, you guys know all about Renee and how they met and all of that stuff. And I think it's interesting how they don't even give like Renee a little lower third and Angela just uses her as a prop. I'll say it that way. Um, but Angela is going to bring Renee with her to Nigeria because she's going to need 
the support. And uh, what we find out in this episode uh, that we already knew, if you, again, are part of my Patreon family, they've been friends for almost a year. And here's the thing. So Patreon, Joslo, Slycat, who else is Crystal? Who else? I think I saw Better Days and Raydella. Listen to this story that they say, okay? Listen to this story they say. They said that they've known each other for about a year and they met in an airport. That part's true. They did meet in an air, well, airport adjacent, I'll say. Angela smelt cigarette smoke on her. And so they went to the bathroom. Renee paid off an attendee. They smoked and talked and they've been friends ever since. Oh, and Carol, Carol Patreon here too. Okay, so I'll tell you this, you guys. That is not the real story. That is not the real story about how they met. And if you knew the real story, you'd be like, oh, damn. Oh, damn. That's not the real story. But let's just say it is. Even even if it is, which it's not. But so how did you exactly? So you did you, did you just walk by her in the airport? And you saw this random woman who was sitting down or then you sat beside her and you smelt the cigarette on her and you're like, hey, do you have a cigarette? Oh, let's go break the law and smoke in the bathroom. And oh, by the way, we're going to pay off this airport attendant. Like all of it is, you guys, it's trash. It's trash. I know any of you guys that have traveled know that there's no bathroom, public bathroom that you get off at any international airport that is not going to have a bunch of people because guess what? Everyone's been stuck on a plane. So everyone's going to get off and go to the bathroom and refresh and all the stuff. You did not pay off an attendant so that you could go smoke just the two of you and shut down the bathroom so that the whole airport smells like cigarettes and no one's going to think that any the wiser. Just stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, Vanessa. Calm down. I think I said your name first. <laughs> so, so you guys use your common sense. If you think that that was a, a story that made sense to you, then so be it. But I'll tell you as a traveler, that just doesn't make any type of sense. And the real story is more juicy and it makes Angela look ridiculous. Um, and so be it. But that's their story. So then... They're, they've been, quote unquote, friends for a year now. Now, interestingly enough, do you notice that you don't, in present day, you don't see Angela post anything about Renee? You don't see uh, any social media stuff with the two of them? You don't see anything? Think about that. And you, you just think about that. You Think about that. Think about Angela's ex-bestie and think about why Angela is alone all the time. Just think about that. So... She tells her friend, Renee, that she wants to be sexy in Nigeria. The last time she was 276 pounds. And this time round, she's 164 pounds. Now, I'm not going to... I'm not going to touch that because I don't want to body shame. Um, but... Okay, Angela. That's all I'll say. 
hasn't seen Michael in two years and uh, she's convinced that he's scamming her. And again, can you show me the receipts? Can you use your words and explain to all of us who have been following your story for the last five years, how all of a sudden, now that you're married to him, that you think he's scamming you? Please explain that. Explain it to us because this seems randomly out of the blue. You're not, you're just accusing him of a bunch of stuff per usual, but then what? But then what? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So... Here's what my note says. Scamming you, question mark, after five years, question mark, F off. You see how you're controlling, you're verbally abusive. And then now you're saying to all of us that he's asking for $5,000 from you in order to, quote unquote, take his Instagram down. And because you say he's doing that, he's scamming you. Well, Angela, can we take you back to the footage of your first two seasons where you wouldn't let him work because you were so jealous of the women that were around him? And you wouldn't let him work because he needs to be able to answer his phone any day of any time of the day, day, night, afternoon, whatever. Whenever you called, he had to run because he had to be at your beck and call. So he couldn't have a job. So now because of that, because you would not allow it, which, you know, Michael, you're a grown ass man. You should be able to make your own decisions and realize like that sounds ridiculous right? But you went with the flow. You have your own agenda as well. But what you're not about to do, Angela, is act like he's trying to scam you for money when you are the one that made him dependent on you, again, because of your own insecurities. So don't turn around and try to tell all of us, the audience and the 90-day fandom, as if we're all brand new, that Michael, who you threw a whole cake in his face, who you verbally abused on a regular is trying to scam you at a $5,000. He needs money because he's not working. Because guess what? You wouldn't let it. Cost of living has gone up for all of us. Inflation is everywhere, including Africa. So he has to live. So if he needs a little bit more money, guess what? The whole world needs a little bit more money because everything costs more. So don't turn around and try to change the narrative, Angela. Don't turn around and try to make it seem like oh, here's this Nigerian who's all of a sudden scamming me after five years. What you need to do is go ahead and throw a mirror up in your face and deal with your own issues. Thank you very much. So Angela says to Renee that Michael doesn't know. Slycat said, see, Linda, this is why I've been waiting on you to do this review, because you crack me up when they tick you off and you start telling them about themselves. I mean, you're not wrong, Slycat. I'm just I'm just stating facts. I'm just stating facts. I'm using my common sense, and I know that you guys are using your common sense. And what I love about you guys is that we have been watching this show for a very long time. So I think it's interesting when they try to change the narrative and act like we, we just started watching yesterday. Y'all, we've been, we've been deep in. We're all the way in. All the way in. It's too, it, y'all, 
what you're not about to do is you're not about to fool us. This same storyline. Okay, so let me not go crazy with it. All I'm just saying is it's the same storyline with Angela. Angela is insecure. So Angela is going to scream at Michael and she's going to blame Michael for everything. And that's that's exactly what we've been seeing for the last five years with these two. Period. Okay. So she's going to Nigeria again. She's bringing her friend Renee. Allegedly, Michael doesn't know that she's coming. And she says she's going to arrive. She's going to say, hello, motherfucker. And I was like, you know what? Angela stays nasty. Do you know what I mean? Like, even even her sitting, resting bitch face is mean. Like, like, that's how she looks to me when she's just sitting there. Like, resting bitch face is like nasty. And I just feel like her insecurities are on 100, if not 1,000. And even though she did all of this stuff to change her body, this is what, what they say. And I feel like it's true. Like, you can do all the nips and tucks, whatever makes you feel better. But if you don't change your inside too, you're still going to be an ugly person. And I'm not saying physically ugly. I'm just saying ugly as a, as a soul, as a being, because we are spiritual beings, believe it or not. We are spiritual beings and your soul is part of your glow. And if your soul is rotten to the core and you don't work on your rotten soul, doesn't matter how beautiful you are. It doesn't matter how many nips and tucks you do. doesn't matter if you get your teeth fixed, which you really should, by the way. But if you get your teeth fixed and you freaking get a facelift and you get a boob job and lipo, all the things, if you're rotten to your core on the inside, it's always going to show. And that's the problem in this situation is that she's done all the work on the outside, but the inside has not been changed so it's like this let me see if i can make the analogy so you have a 1964 ford mustang and you're like damn this mustang is fire it's classic amazing you get a paint job for it um you get some new seat covers for it. But if you don't friggin' fix the engine and all the stuff on the... <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> you don't fix the inside. The car looks great, but the car's not going to run. See what I'm saying? <sighs> Then, just to top off this whole ridiculous situation, she brings out this Marriage Act book and says, in the Marriage Act book, everything that Michael owned belongs to her. And so when she goes to see him and snatches the phone out of his hands, it's her phone. And anything that she wants to take from him belongs to her, according to this Marriage Act book. Now, she then goes on to say that she doesn't want to treat him this way, but yet she does.
Laura says, <clears throat> does Michael own all Angela's stuff to them? I don't know. I have to see this marriage app book. I don't know. Because, you know, <clears throat> one of the things that I don't understand is that a marriage act book from Nigeria or from the U.S. because obviously the laws are not the same. So I don't know. I would like I would love to answer that for you, Laura. But I need to know where she got this book from and how it's relevant. <sighs> Next up, Usman and Kim still fighting, been fighting, stay fighting. Um, she tells them to leave, leave her the F alone. She's grown. I don't know. Something was going on her with her eyes this episode. I don't know if it's because she was crying or not, but it like was, I don't know. Something was going on. Um, tells them that she had, she didn't come all the way down there to Nigeria to be this unhappy. Uh, she has a right to ask questions. She can't relate to the two wives living together situation and I was like well what did you think was going to happen Kimberly because first and foremost you really didn't want to have a second wife you really didn't want to you're just doing it because you know it's like as if Drake said yeah hey Linda I'll marry you but I also want to marry someone else like I just want to be Drake's wife so I can say I'm Drake's wife or I'm Drake's girlfriend or whatever but I really don't want him to have a second girlfriend but I don't want to lose him because it's Drake Right. So if you're fangirling and all of a sudden you're dating or in a relationship with the person you have a big, you're a fan of, then, you know, you may say some things and do some things that you don't really want. And I think that that's what it is. And she's mad at her own self for agreeing to have a younger, hotter woman come into the relationship who's also going to bear his children. She's upset that that's actually going to happen. And she's actually upset that she said yes to it. Now, here's the thing. I know someone came for me a while ago, and I'm going to say it again because I truly believe it. So you can come for me again. I don't give a shit. But if you really, if, a, if you're in a long distance relationship and you haven't seen your long distance partner in a long time, once you see them, you're going to be all over them. I don't care if you traveled halfway across the world. I don't care if the flight was 25 hours or two hours. You're going to get a little rest and then you're going to jump all over each other if you really want to be with the person. The, this woman stays begging for sex from this fool. She's been there for two days and they haven't had sex. What does that say about the relationship when they don't see each other on a regular basis and they live you know, halfway across the world from each other? but he's not trying to make an effort to, to have any intimacy with her immediately at all. And she begs him. And last season she threatened him. I mean, I don't know what that says to y'all, but to me, I just couldn't be in that type of quote unquote relationship. <clears throat> so he's outside poolside having coffee or whatever. She orders more. Well, I don't think he was having coffee. He was just sitting out there on his phone per usual. Um, he's mad about her throwing drinks at him. Um, and he's like, you know, is this like a old American white woman syndrome where you just throw drinks 
at people like what is that <clears throat> what is that and so this episode is brought to you by shopify do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real pos you need shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. He's like, you know, why do you keep doing this? I don't like it. I think it's disrespectful. And if this is how we're going to continue to do things, then we should just end it, he says, right? And he's like, you knew that I needed a second wife because I need to have kids. You know that that I've been saying that since day one. And so what I'm not about to do, he says, is continue on in this type of abusive relationship where you disrespect me and you throw things at me. Like, it's just not going to have it. He's not going to have it. So Kimberly starts feeling bad. And she even says that she's too old to be throwing things um, to handle her problems. And so she apologizes to him. After she orders this coffee, you know, he's like, you know, that's hot water. Don't throw it at me. Right. And she's like, you know, I'm sorry again. It won't happen again. He apologizes as well to her and says, you know, if I offended you in any way. And she's like, well, you know, you only tell me half truth. Like you didn't really tell me the true story about having a second wife. Now, here's the thing, you guys, like, what did she think it was going to be? Honestly, what did she think it was going to be? Because when she started saying, oh, well, the first wife gets all the love and the second wife is just there to breed a kid. I was like, what kind of woman would want to alienate another female? Like, I just don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't get what she thought it was. Honestly, I just don't get it. And I think it's selfish of her to say that she wants to do something and not really want to do it. I think it's irresponsible of her to go into something that she doesn't really want to go into. Now the word on the street, and I'm just repeating what I'm hearing on the street and the streets are talking and, you know, everyone thinks that this relationship is a sham, right? Because soldier boy, AKA Usman, AKA all the other things just wants to continue to use 90 day fiance to plug his music. And, you know, we've seen the receipts where he literally says, you guys, he literally says he wanted to go on the show with Zara. Zara had the paperwork and the contracts in her hands, but she wasn't putting up with this foolishness. So she said no. And Kimberly was her, his plan B because he had to be on the show. He literally said that. Literally said that. I have the video. So... If you put two and two together, I don't know. Maybe that's why y'all not having sex. Maybe that's why, you know, you're continuing your 15 minutes so that you can continue to pursue and bring your music out there. And I would respect him more if he would just say that. Like, hey, you know what? I really just want to focus on my music. And yeah, I'll be dating around. And maybe you can have me on like a Nigerian version of the single life and I'll date around and see what's happening. But in the meantime, you guys can watch me make my music. I would respect that more than him targeting these old white women who he clearly is not on the same page with. 
ridiculous. Ridiculous. So <clears throat> he says, yeah, you know, I'm sorry if I offended you in any way. She's like, well, you didn't really tell me the whole honest truth about the second wife situation. Um, and she's like, you know, I've done all this for you. Um, you know, I've come all the way here. I've done all this. And she has done a lot, right? She, this is the first time we're seeing her wear normal clothes. Normally she just wears, you know, a screen printed shirt of his face to promote his music. Um, and so she, and she's bought him a bunch of stuff and she's the one that flies to him. And again, I'm curious to know why he never is able to leave Africa. Like that's a whole question to be asked and answered. Um, so she's like, you know, I do all this for you. And he's like, and I don't do anything for you. And then has the audacity to be like, I'm with you. And at my age, being my age, being with you, as if he's doing her a favor, that's enough for him to be like, hey, I'm doing enough. I was like, oh, hell nah. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's a... Kimberly, I mean, come on, how many, how many things can he say to your face to let you know that he's just not that into you? I don't get it. Anyways, he's having a birthday party. He's like, you know, should I bring you to my birthday party? And She's like, well, can I get some yummy, yummy? It's been two days. And he's like, yeah, we can have yummy, yummy after the birthday. And then he says, you know, I love you, right? And then he gets up. And did you see the weakest? Like this. This is how they kissed. Like this. Like their lips barely touch. I'm just saying. You guys let me know what you think. Do you think that that relationship is a strong, loving, healthy, happy relationship? Let me know in the comments if you're watching the replay. Let me know in the live chat. I'll pop that up. But I just I just don't see it. Sly Cat says, after he's done with Kim, I think that he'll go on the single life. Next up. Laura says that was a grandma kiss. Facts. Oh, next up is Liz and Ed. And um, again, same disclaimer as Angela disclaimer. Not a fan of Ed. I think I'm still confused why they're on Happily Ever After. But here we are. Sly Cat said it's like Muhammad not wanting to kiss Danielle. Um and Jazza said, like I said, it's a business arrangement. That's what he wants. Lori says, no way that it's a real relationship, at least more from Usman. And Esfere says, if you have to beg for affection, it's not a stable, healthy relationship. That part. All right. So Liz is taking dance classes. She's taking dance classes uh, with her friend. Alex, who she did the photo shoot with that caused all the problems because Liz too also is insecure about her relationship with, with Ed, which I don't, you know, I don't know why, but here we are. Um, 
she feels like Ed doesn't want to see her grow or succeed. Ed wants her to be totally dependent on her. She feels Ed is uh, insecure with himself and his insecurities come off as controlling, which, you know, is exactly the same as Angela. So if you see the common traits in the two people that most people don't want to ever see back, you know, it stems from the same insecurities and controlling issues. Um, Ed, you guys, Ed has the audacity, the audacity to want Liz to lose weight. Tells her, you know, here are some past pictures of yourself. Do you ever think you want to go back to being that size? Ed? Ed? What is the saying, you guys? If you live in a glass house, don't throw stones or whatever it is. Like, Ed, please sit down. Take several seats. And while you're sitting down, reevaluating those comments, go ahead and just stand in front of a mirror. And then when you stand in front of a mirror and you still feel like you have the authority to talk to Liz like that, then we'll talk. But until then, several seats, sir. Several seats. So because he is body shaming her, she feels insecure. And, you know, she is going to the gym. Anytime she's at the gym, he gives her freedom of reign, doesn't call her 24-7 or text her 24-7. But if she's not at the gym, he's constantly asking her where she is. She says that when they broke up, she was the skinniest she's ever been. Um, and so now she just feels all kind of insecure because of him. <sighs> Linda says the male ego in full display. And Esfere says, if I were Liz, I would show him a photo of when he had a neck, when he was skinny. Well, Esfere, uh, I would like to see that photo because I've seen photos of Ed and... Um, Neither of those things are true. So. They're back at that, or Ed's back at the house. And, you know, they got a new dog. And I don't know why they show this scene, because it was actually just gross to me. I love dogs, too. But the pee pad and the training and him picking up the poop and then him, like, play washing his hands you guys like he literally washed his hands a little bit with water no soap less than 10 seconds and then he dried it on a hand towel that I know he uses for the dishes and it just grossed me out but he's gross so I'm not surprised by it and the other thing that I'm also sick about since you know I'm talking about it is I'm sick of his self proclaiming marketing self so I'm sick of seeing pictures of stickers of his face. I'm sick of uh, a tattoo of his face on his own body. He picks up his phone, his stupid big Ed stickers on his phone. Like, I get that that's great marketing, but I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of seeing his bullshit. Honestly, I could do without it. So he calls his mom uh, because, you know, they're, planning their engagement party. He wants his mom, who he kicked out of the house, by the way, uh, to come to the engagement party. And it's so sad because his little mom is adorable and so sweet and was always so supportive. So I don't even know how they got there. And he should be ashamed of himself. 
anyways, he calls, gets a voicemail, and you know, he wants to see if she's coming. He doesn't think that she's coming, nor does he think that his daughter Tiffany is coming because they don't agree with this whole situation between Ed and Liz. And <clears throat> so that's where they are they are. Now Liz comes home, she's still not happy about the photo shoot, but she's trying to let it go. They're gonna do a date night. Uh, in their date night, they do this weird role-playing situation where because Ed has been single for 30 years, she wants to see if he can pick her up and take her home. So he gives every single sick, lame line that you can think of. Are you okay? You look like an angel who fell from heaven. Do you know CPR? Because you just stole my heart. Do you believe in love at first sight? Or should I walk by again? Oh, God. Just. Yeah. So their um, alias are, aliases are Clyde and Stella. Uh, she settles for Stella, a.k.a. Lit settles for are you single can i buy you dinner and she says yes and he says cheers bitch how, what how is that sexy so they have dinner um talk about the engagement party that's supposed to be in five days um they talk about whether you know tiffany or irma will come his mom and Liz doesn't know, but she actually doesn't care. She would prefer it if they didn't come. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? <sighs> Ridiculous. Jovi and Yara. So you have sad times and prayers up for Ukraine. You know, that invasion is still ongoing. Um, but they had the invasion just happened a week ago when they were filming this. Russia invaded Ukraine. Yara's first reaction is terrified for her friends and her family. Uh, she's having a really hard time. She's not eating. She's not sleeping. She's nervous. She's crying. You know, Jovi's trying everything to support her. And <clears throat> um, she's like, her mom's okay because her mom's in the Czech Republic, but she's worried about her friends and her family who are in Western Ukraine and Kiev. And she just breaks down. She feels useless. She can't help from so far away. Uh, and they can't get out. There's not enough gas to leave. There's not enough money to leave. All of the things. Um, and she just wants this invasion to be over. She doesn't care who's right or wrong. Uh, she just wants the invasion to be over. <clears throat> um, and, you know, she's trying to be strong, but it's hard. She's emotional, as anyone would be if, you know, their country was under siege. And... <clears throat> One of the beautiful things that she said was, you know, she's not just worried about her friends and family. She's worried about all the people because all of the people are her people. And I tell you, that just spoke to my heart because that's how we should think about it, right? Like everyone is our people and we should care about the well-being and safety of everyone. <sighs> so... <clears throat> Um, Jovi's trying to support Yara and 
he just doesn't know what to do because he also has to leave for work very soon. And so he doesn't want to just leave Yara in the state that she's in. So they go see a lawyer to see, you know, what help they can have or what help they can do. And since Biden uh, said that he would grant refugee status to uh, Ukrainian people, that's an option. Um, she, once she's a green card holder, she can apply for immediate her immediate relatives and sponsor them to come over. So that's an option. And once she has her interview and gets her card, then one week after her interview, she can go and travel there. So that's an option. And she wants to do that. She wants to go immediately. And Jovi's like, hey, listen, I want you to wait. Um, you know, what's the big deal if you wait one more week so that I can go with you and we can be together so that I can help support you in this because I know this is traumatic for you. And I want to be able to support you in this and make sure that you're safe and and not like making any rash decisions because you're so, you know, torn up in this. And I was like, yeah, what what is the big deal if you wait one more week so that you guys can all travel as a family? And I don't know if I'm wrong for thinking that. Um, but you know, I feel like she one more week won't won't be a bad thing. That's what I'll say. It won't be a bad thing because then you can go as a family and you can make decisions together. And also you can have the person that loved you the most help support you and support your daughter. And you know, he he won't be terrified and worried and wondering what's happening while you're away with his kid. Just go as a family if if you're gonna go. But she wants to go to Europe by herself and Joey wants her to wait till he's off of work so he can go with her. So I guess we'll find out what happens. And I, I kind of am siding with Jovi on this way. You're going to go to a war-torn country and your spouse is like, hold up. We're going to go as a family. You should go as a family because guess what? You guys are partners. You make decisions together. You just don't make decisions on your own, even the difficult decisions. Elizabeth, Andre, and the Mean Girls. They're watching one of the Mean Girls' daughters, Brielle, uh, take a dance lesson. And in the meantime, the sisters are all catching up. And, you know, one of the things that I don't like that Elizabeth does is Elizabeth, she knows the situation with her siblings and her family, and she knows who her husband is. But she'll still, like, talk shit and just let that shit fester in the air. And then she'll turn around and get mad that her sisters respond to her trash talking. Well, then don't trash talk. How about that? Don't bring your problems to the table if you don't want your sisters, who you know who they are, to respond to it. It's weird to me. Like, you you throw shit in the pot, and then you're surprised there's shit in the pot. It's weird. Anyway, she tells them that Andre met with, with their mom, and they got into it, and... The sisters were like, are you surprised? Because Andre's disrespectful. And he was disrespectful to, to Pam. And so why are we even talking about this? And Elizabeth, no, no. Mom was disrespectful to him. No. Go watch the tape. Go watch the tape and see how you're, you're, you allowed your husband to talk crazy to your mama. Now, I don't care who you are in the entire world. I don't care if you love your mama, you hate your mama, or you're somewhere in between. 
the golden rule that we all know is no one, it's against nature, against nature to allow anyone to disrespect and talk crazy about your mama. It's the golden rule. But here we are, Elizabeth allows it all day, every day. And, you know, that's a whole situation that we've talked about on the show too. Like his whole controlling crazy personality. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors and maybe she allows it and doesn't get involved because, you know, she's saving face for her own self. I don't know, but there's something going on there where you're allowing your extra controlling husband to talk crazy, to isolate you from your family, to cause problems in your family, to cause rife throughout your family and you don't do anything about it and you always take his side. Don't know. It's weird. Um, so they're, you know, catching up as sisters. And Jen's like, are you going to mom's 60th birthday? Um, and they've all decided to go because it's her 60th birthday. And Elizabeth is like, what? You guys were all not going to go because Charlie's going to be there. And I thought we all decided that, you know, we're avoiding Charlie. And Jen and Becky were like, well, it's mom's 60th. So like, we're going to have to be there. It's her 60th birthday. Now, what would you guys do? If you're beefing with your sibling and it's one of your parents' birthday, are you coming to the birthday party? Let me know. And so they're like, so why are you not going to go? Do you think Charlie's going to attack you? And Libby's like, yeah. You know, he sends me terrible text messages all the time still. And so she's not going to go to the party because Charlie keeps hurting her husband with no remorse or changes. Now, I'll say this. It takes two in this little... Charlie and Andre have their own issues. They really do. But I'm going to... And I'm going to take an unpopular stance and y'all... This is just how I feel. I interviewed Charlie um, and his wife, Meg. And I have to tell you, the interviews on YouTube, you should go check it out for yourself. The villain that they're trying to create Charlie to be, it's just not it. Now, they all, when they all get together, they equally drink. All, every single last one of them drinks how they respond to being drunk. They all respond differently. Charlie gets a little loosey goosey with, with his lips and starts, you know, talking a little shit. Andre gets aggressive. And so you can imagine the loose talker and the aggressive person are going to clash. The dad drinks a whole bunch. The mom drinks a whole bunch. Becky, Jen, they all drink. They're drinkers. Okay. They all drink when they are socializing they drink and we've seen it. So, um, for them to make it like Charlie's the only one that drinks and Charlie has a drinking problem. I just, I just don't think it's fair. I just don't think it's fair. And I think that they should think about all the years that they have been drinking and partying pre Andre. Andre comes in with, all the ways he is, all the aggression he has, 
And let's not forget, he has fought with every single person in this family. He fights with Elizabeth, points at her, cusses at her all day, every day. He's fought with Charlie physically and verbally. He's fought with Jen, hates Jen, fought with Becky, fought with Pam, the mom, fought with Chuck until he realized that he needed Chuck's money in order to make a living and have a job. So every single person... Who's the common denominator, y'all? Think about it. Use your common sense. Let's think about it. <sighs> Let's think about it. There's one common denominator. And then you throw in a little bit of alcohol. And yeah, it's going to go buck wild. But what you're not about to do is just blame Charlie. You all have a role in it. You all have a role in it period. And you're going to get mad that Megan is going to stick up for her husband of 22 years at the party. First of all, I don't condone anyone putting hands on anyone, but you're also going to stick up for your partner, which is what everyone's doing here. So everyone's taking a hard line and standing up with their partner and no one's really looking and addressing the full situation. Maybe you guys should have a party and make it a dry party where there is no alcohol involved and see how that goes. Because all of y'all drink. <sighs> Ridiculous. So <clears throat> Elizabeth has decided that she's going to stand by her man because her man doesn't want her to be anywhere near her family. She's not going to go to her mom's 60th birthday party. I'll let Elizabeth, Elizabeth, let me tell you something. Come closer. Closer. You in your lifetime are going to regret if you don't go to your mother's 60th birthday. You're going to regret it when your mom's not around. And then when your daughter is older and she doesn't come to your 60th birthday, you're going to feel that same pain. All right. <clears throat> Sisters are like, you know, you and Andre are distant yourself from the family uh, Andre's creating a wall between you guys and the family, which is absolutely true. Absolutely true. And it's unfortunate because your family is your village, whether you love them or you don't love them, that's your village. And I don't think any spouse, any partner should alienate you from your family when you were not alienated from them before, just because they want to be in control of you. Um, so she's like, yeah, well, we're not going to go because we don't want to risk it. Andre has his renewal of his green card coming up and we don't want to jeopardize that for a birthday party. And again, I'm going to say to you that Andre, that just think about what you're saying. You don't want to jeopardize it, which means low key that you don't trust your husband can actually handle his business and act like a grown ass man and not act like a crazy overtly aggressive individual. That's what you're saying here. And you're saying it's more important for you to keep your overly aggressive husband at home than go to your mom's 60th birthday that she only turns 60 once in her lifetime. That part. Leave Andre at home and go to the party. That part. But, and that's why I feel like, Linda, there's something else going on there because why wouldn't she do that, right? 
Because then Andre's going to think that she's turned against him when really he's trying to turn her against her whole family. And that controlling situation, again, whatever's going on behind closed doors, that's the part that I want to know about. Um, and so there's this like little scene where Andre's playing with Ellie, but my notes is like, you know, he's still making Libby stay away from her family. And I think that that's the scariest part of it all. If someone's alienating you from your loved ones, it just cannot be a good thing. Last and not least, Charlie and Megan uh, back. People were wondering if they were coming back. If you watch my show, I told you that they would absolutely be back on Happily Ever After um, because they're just part of the franchise and they make good TV. And so they're talking about feet pictures and you know, you guys, foot fetish industry is a huge industry. And let me tell you, I, I'm not against it. So she made, Meg made $70,000 last year on feet pictures online. 70000 70 So Charlie helps her take the pictures. And listen, you guys, get it where you can get it. Life is expensive right now. Everyone is struggling. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people are struggling. And uh, I'm like, make money wherever you can make money, whatever your side hustle is. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to address this. So Dustin says, I'm sorry to ask, have you ever thought about having a YouTube membership before? I've set up YouTube membership. Uh, I haven't enacted it, Dustin. And the reason why I haven't acted it, because I do have my Patreon-only subscription service. And I do all of my paid content over there. And uh, I just have more leverage and freedom over on Patreon. Um, you know, YouTube, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out. And, you know, tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm trying to grow the page. And until the page has grown more, I'm not going to invest in uh, doing like a subscription service here. And then my other subscription over there. Um, so I'm just all of my uh, paid content, all of my top tier content is over at Patreon, Dustin. But thank you for asking. Once the page, you know, continues to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow, then, you know, I'll revisit uh, YouTube membership. Anyways, back to foot foot fetish and 70,000. That part. Patreon's where it's at. That part. I just get to do more and say more. You think this this... This Linda, the YouTube Linda with all the rules. Uh, Patreon, we have a lot more freedom. Freedom! <laughs> Anyways, that being said, I'm all about the foot fetish and uh, better days. Wink, 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 wink. Make that money, honey. Make that money. I am not mad. I want to be a part of that $70,000 foot fetish industry. Anywho, anywho, um, Charlie's upset because he feels like his dad has chosen Andre over him, and you know, rightfully so, he has chosen Andre over Charlie, which is weird, and I don't get it, but it's true. Um, and Charlie's like sad that they keep saying that he's the toxic one, um, but. You know, they're all a little bit toxic in their own ways, right? Can you imagine that Becky and uh, Jen were like literally saying to Libby's face, 
yeah, maybe he might get to like good if he gets deported. Good if he does, his green card doesn't get renewed. Can you imagine? How is that not toxic? Like y'all are you guys are making Charlie the villain, but you guys are just as toxic as he is. So pot calling the kettle black. I don't know, but y'all are the same. Y'all are doing the same thing, acting the same way, doing the same thing. Uh, can you drop your link to your Patreon? Let me see if I can drop my link to my Patreon. Uh, I think I can. Uh, oh, did I do it right? Yeah. I think I did. Here it is. So I'm just saying, you guys, the whole family has some toxic traits, right? So why not go ahead and own your shit, right? And even the mom, Pam, said, let's all go to counseling. Let's all go to counseling. And they weren't for it. So if you're not about to fix the issue, if you don't want to address the issue, like Pam is saying, let's all sit down and address the issues, then you're part of the problem. So they haven't seen the family since the barbecue and the fight. Uh, clearly, Charlie's going to blame Andre. Um, and he believes that things have changed in their family since Andre's been a part of the family. Um, and he says what I said. Since Andre has come to the family, Andre has fought with everyone in the family. He really has, you guys. And I named everyone. And that's he literally has fought with everyone. He even fought with Jen's husband. Do you guys remember when they um, rented that Winnebago and Jen's husband was standing outside and Andre was like the driver and Andre was like arguing with him? I mean, oh, Yuli, let me just side note. For all of my um, subscribers and all of my uh, Patreon family, and all of just my friends, all of you guys that are going to be affected or worried about being affected um, by Hurricane Ivan, uh, to my Florida family, friends, I really just have you guys all in my heart. I really am praying that you guys are all safe. I know that it's supposed to land sometime tomorrow. And so I am sending all the love all the support that I can from where I am. And, um, you know, wherever you are, if this hurricane is going to affect you somehow, some way, I'm so sorry uh, that you guys are going through that. And yes, Sly Cat says, I'm sorry that y'all are going through this. Raydella says, prayers to all the Florida peaks. Uh, Yuri, you say you're in the Hillsboro area. Prayers to you as well. Um, you guys, you know, just, yeah, stay safe. <clears throat> All right. So I'm going to wrap it with this. <clears throat> There's a problem in the family, and the problem is not just Charlie. I think that the problem is the toxic behavior with a lot of the family members, and until they address the toxicity of what's happening in their family, then they're going to always be stuck where they are. 
that's that. You guys, thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, for those of you that wanted the Patreon link, I popped that up in the live chat. It will be available in the replay as well. You'll be able to see the live chat and the replay. I'll be back tomorrow to cover the single life. I can't wait to talk about the top hat. And come through. I might be wearing a hat of my own. Bye for now. <laughs>